And everybody say all together. All together. That's what we're talking about for a while here. Uh, I believe it, it's, uh, it's, it's at the core of what our church is about that we are all together on this thing. We're all together like being in church all together. Uh, you know, it's okay to watch online, but the truth is there's no substitute for being in the room together, right? And, uh, and I'm glad we're able to offer online uh, opportunities for people uh, so that maybe they're sick or maybe they're gone for the weekend or whatever. Uh, but we're encouraging people to understand the power of us being all together, uh, all together in prayer, um, all together in worship, uh, that everybody is worshiping God with all of their heart. Everybody is leaning in and praying together. Today, I want to talk about this idea, all together in serving or all serving together. Everybody say all, all serving, serving together. Part of this journey is really just kind of taking a moment to stop and say, okay, what kind of church are we? And uh, really, what kind of church do we actually want to be? Uh, um, one thing I realized about about personally in life and really about our church and about any organization is no one or no church drifts into greatness. Uh, there's got to be a, a, an obvious choice to lean in to the vision and the dream and the cause and the mission. Um, and really, you chart your course by the dream in your heart. And it's a beautiful lesson to understand that, that you really have this idea that this dream is the picture that you build towards. And you, because of that picture, you're gathering what you need. You're pushing delete on the things that would stand in the way in your own life. And you're leaning into this whole idea. Always build toward your vision of what you, what you want life to be. Don't let circumstances tell you how to act, how to live, how to give, how to serve, how to relate. But don't let circumstances guide your life. Let your vision guide your life. Let your dream guide your life. Um, and so I really do believe that God has a dream for the Rock Church. And our dream uh, for this church fits within his dream. In other words, he's got a description of what church is and what church is supposed to be like that is found in his word. And, and the vision that I want to talk about today is this idea that a massive percentage of our church uh, would be fully engaged in serving the purpose and the cause of the house with their spiritual gift. Amen. So America, if you haven't noticed, is a, is a consumer culture, right? We love to, we consume video content, right? People watch TV. Uh, they watch, anybody been watching Christmas movies already? Come on. The good thing about a Christmas movie is you know what the storyline's going to be. No surprises, nothing evil. It all comes out good in the end. Love it. Movies, Disney Plus, 
Apple Plus, Hulu, Netflix, YouTube. I mean, you know, you can, you can, you can waste an hour or two fast just surfing through uh, YouTube. Uh, or, or just binging on series and Netflix. And, and then, uh, and then the, the consumption of, of social media content. Uh, you, can, you can spend so much time just consuming Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And, you know, you're, you're taking in what you want to take in and, you're, and you're, you're pushing delete, unfollow. Ever pushed unfollow? That's a good... It's a good button to push. Unfollow. Yeah. Your view of life, I just don't care to hear it. Unfollow. And, but we're consuming all this stuff. Uh, and then we go to restaurants, and, and we, we're, we're letting them wait on us, as they should, and they're bringing us meals that we want, and we're consuming, and then we're giving uh, Yelp reviews about how good it was or how bad it was. And then, and then uh, I think one of, one of the, the big signals of American consumption, consumer culture, Black Friday. Right. So it's Thursday, you had this, I'm grateful for what I have, and Friday, you're fighting people to get more. Right? Isn't that the way it goes? And do you know that this year, uh, Black Friday, seven and a half billion billion dollars online sales and, and it, it's just a part of our culture uh, uh, you know everywhere you go and and we're we're all in it at some level there's a lot of things to consume and it it's easy to take that consumer mindset and bring it to the way we approach church so so we we're, we're consuming, like, do we like the way that church worships? Uh, do we like the preaching? Do, do, do we like the kids' ministry? Do we like the youth ministry? Do, do we like the facilities? And, and the reality is, some people treat church like it's a restaurant, Right? Because, you know, when you go to a restaurant, uh, you order, they bring you food, they clean it up. You just show up. Probably the only difference between some people and restaurant experience is you actually pay. <laughs> at a restaurant. And... Uh, <laughs> Or we treat church like it's a hotel. I like going to hotels because when you go to a hotel, you don't have to make the bed. If you make the bed in a hotel, you are weird, right? I like going to hotels because after you take your shower and you towel off, you can just throw the towel on the ground, just like you want to do at the house, but you don't, I hope. And uh, it's, I think it's legit to to go through a process of trying to discover, does, is this church where I fit? Uh, is this where God wants me? And the truth is, there would be some places that I wouldn't really uh, care for their worship. 
or their style of doing things or the tone of their church, and that's okay. But once you find a place that you feel like this is supposed to be your spiritual home, um, it's, it's, it's okay to figure that out. But it can also become very possible to have a church full of consumers who are not contributors. Like all they do is come and consume. They don't, they don't help at all. They don't actually do anything. And so one of the questions I've been asking as I've been going through this all together series is this. Like, where do you actually serve? Like, where do you actually help? Because if you ain't helping, you ain't helping. Where and when do you use the giftedness of your life to make church great? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look at a couple of verses of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Verse 7, each, but to each one, everybody say each one. Each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I like this passage because it tells us a couple things. One, it tells us there's variety. Thank God for variety, right? Boys are different than girls. Come on, and I am glad. <laughs> Even that is drifting in our society, but boys are different than girls. And each one of us has different kinds of personalities. There's variety. We have different interests. So like some of us are super detailed and some of us are super random. Where's my random people? Come on, just, come on, there we go. We love you guys. Not going to put you in charge of anything, but we love you. Uh, so, some, some people are super creative and some people are super technical. How I many you know we need both? Some people are, are, are very people-oriented. They just love people, being around people. That feeds their energy. That's my wife. That's like, yeah. So, some people are, are very task-oriented. That's me. Right. I love people. I really love people, but people wear me out. And you might be like me. It, it doesn't bother me at all to spend the whole day at the house. I, I mean, all day long. I don't, I, that's like, I'm totally into it. I got everything I need in my house. Every once in a while, I got to tell myself, you better get out of the house, son. So I came today, uh, got out of the house. Some of us, some of us love NASCAR. Okay, not very many. Um, and some of us love golf. 
<laughs> Not very many of those either. Okay, and some of us are no fun at all. We don't love anything. Variety. Man, here's what the Bible says, that there's a variety of gifts. The, the Greek word charisma, charisma, grace-given aptitudes. It's what the grace of God put inside of you. Ministries, a variety of ministries. The, the word is diakonos, which we kind of get the idea of deacons, but it's serving capacities. Uh, everyone has a serving capacity, a variety of effects. The Greek word is energeo, which you'd get the idea of it's the release of some kind of energy. So a variety of gifts, a variety of ministries, a variety of effects. And, and the issue is those gifts and those ministries and those effects are gifts given to each one of us so that we could serve the common good, right? Verse 7, let's look at it again. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is for the common good. When I was growing up uh, on my neighborhood, literally, there was a season of time. Uh, we had tons of families. I have four brothers, so five boys in our family. There were tons of families that were our size in our neighborhood. There was like 50, 60 school-aged children in our neighborhood. Uh, for, for whatever reason, one of the graces God put on my life is a grace of leadership, and I was always like the leader of the block. And before I got saved and before God began to press new wine and <laughs> crush a few things, uh, I always used my leadership gift for myself. I always wanted to make sure my team won. And, and I, I began to realize that God didn't give me a leadership gift for me. God gave me a leadership gift for the common good. First Peter 4 verse 10 says, as each one, everybody say each one, each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So each one, every person in this room has been given a spiritual gift, has been given a gift. And the Bible says, employ it in serving one another. So church is not a place where you go and just be a bystander. There's, so there's, there's not intended in the heart of God for there to be any bystanders in church. There's no unemployment in church. Employ your gift in serving others. And what this is telling us, and this is the story that runs throughout the teaching of the New Testament, is that that gift is a manifestation of the grace of God on you. You are gifted. You are a gift to this world. You got to believe that. You, you are a gift to, to this church. You... You are uniquely qualified to serve in a way that no one else can serve, right? 
You, you have this touch of greatness inside of you. That greatness is called a gift. No one else can do what you do the way you do. Think about it. There's, there's, you might look around our church and say, well, there's plenty of people to do what needs to be done. No, the truth is that's not even the idea. That's not even the point. The point is no one else can do what you do the way you do. Your, your gift that God put inside of you by his grace is your greatest contribution to living on the planet. It's your greatest contribution to God, to his purpose, to his people. You giving you is the best gift that you can give. That touch of God, that spirit of greatness on you is called a gift. And there is greatness in every single person in this room. When, when you go after where you are gifted, you, you're wired to make a difference. You're wired for greatness. Somebody could say amen. You're wired to succeed in life. You just got to locate that unique gifting that God's put inside of you. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. How many know there's good works? There, good works are, they're not the works that you try to do to earn God's approval, because you can never work enough to earn God's approval. Good works are born out of the fact that you know you are already approved by God and loved by God and gifted by God. So we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. So he's working on us. He's crafting something fantastic out of our life. I, I really want you to, you got to get this idea that there's something great that God has deposited in your life. But it's not for you. There's something in you that other people need. You, you are God's most valuable resource. I, I, I believe in systems and strategy and putting programs together, but I just want to tell you right now, it's not programs that touch people, it's people that touch people. Pro, it's not programs that reach people, people reach people. The Holy Spirit anoints people. The Holy Spirit anoints you and me. Not programs. So the truth is, yeah, we do all kinds of stuff. We put yard signs out. We buy billboards. We, we, you know, we, do, we do everything we can on social media. But that's a very small percentage of people that ever show up at our church. 
People come to church when you and I invite them personally. When a person touches a person. That's what makes the difference. People will be touched by our church when you touch them. When I touch them. It's gifted people touching other people. So, so the love of God that's going to be released into the earth happens by people, not by programs. People need a person to say, I'm with you. I'm, I'm standing with you. I'm, I'm ready to help you. Having pre-service prayer doesn't mean we're a praying church unless people show up to pray. What I'm, what I'm saying to you is that you are the program. <laughs> you, are, you are it. Tom Peters said this, the writer of In Search of Excellence, techniques don't produce quality products or pick up the garbage on time. People do. Inbounds, if you want to go a little more spiritual, men are looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. And God gets into this world through people. There's a gift inside of you that this world needs. There's a gift inside of you that this church needs. If this is your church, I, I think it, nothing would please the heart of God more than to unleash an army of anointed, confident, loving, gifted people on Western North Carolina. I really don't think God is that interested in how many people are showing up to a building on Sunday morning to consume. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, we have this treasure, the treasure of our gift, the treasure of Christ within us in earthen vessels, that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. Come on, all of us have clay feet, and it goes all the way up to our armpits. <laughs> the treasure of your gift is contained in a flawed vessel. Amen. I'm going to say it again for those of you sitting in the back. The treasure of your gift is always contained in a flawed vessel. I am not perfect, but I am gifted. You are not perfect, but you're gifted. And I think we need to quit trying to be perfect and just start being remarkable. Right? Just, just step in. Uh, the truth is, our church is not perfect. I kind of like it. But we are a gift. 
to Western North Carolina. We are a gift to this world. Not because we got it together, but because there's a bunch of anointed, gifted people. It would be a shame if we would settle for church being a bunch of people who gathered together occasional Sundays to consume. It, God wants to unleash an army of anointed giftedness. So, my encouragement to you is forget trying to get your act all together before you start serving God. Because you're never going to get your act all together. And you might as well focus on the gift that God's put into your life. The, the best, if you just stay so focused on your imperfections, you're going to be stuck in a small little place your whole life. But if you could get focused on your gifting, you could become remarkable. You could become brilliant. You could become, you could, you could start to have a life of significance. A life of significant impact. A life of significant contribution. There's a ministry in you that somebody needs. A touch of God that's in you that's unique. Right? There's an idea inside of you that God wants to get into the world and he's caused you to be born because he didn't have another one of you, so he caused you to come into this planet. There, you're God's most valuable resource in this whole world. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says this, in a large house, there's not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware. Some vessels are to honor, some to dishonor. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified, which means set apart for useful to the master, prepared for every good work. In every house, there are common vessels and uncommon vessels. And my encouragement to you today is to make your life a life of uncommon value by Developing your gifting and then giving it away. Let, let, let me say this to you. You got to strip away every excuse that you've built up in your brain, in, in your mindset, as to why you can't be involved in serving your church. 
God wants you to offer yourself to be a person of uncommon value. There would, there would be people that would stop coming to our church or leave our church and no one would ever notice because they are not made themselves of value. Is it okay if I just speak clearly? I don't know. I remember last year I had to have uh, surgery on my shoulder and my arm was like this for like months. I had to sleep that way. For, for months, I, I had a lame arm. It was an arm, but it, I couldn't use it for anything. And, and it, it hampered a lot of life for me. I'm inviting you to not be lame. Right? Don't be lame. Don't be a lame arm. Don't be a lame leg. Don't be a lame eye. When, when, when we get saved, when we give our life to Christ... We are given a purpose in life. It's, now it's not just about going to heaven. Thank God that's taken care of. But you have something to give that makes a difference. An area that God wants you to serve His church. With all that's within me, I'm urging you, don't settle for just being a church consumer. Instead, be a Christ-filled contributor. George Bernard Shaw said this, this is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, the being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Come on. That's just straight talk. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community. And as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It's sort of a splendid torch which I have a hold of for the moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it over to future generations. Come on. I want you to bow your heads, please, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want to pray. You know, the truth is, you find yourself when you find 
your relationship with God. You find your gifting when you find your purpose in God. And I want to pray for every person in this room. First, I just want to pray that we'll come out of the bystander seat. We'll come out of the consumer seat. And we'll own this all serving together. <clears throat> Father, whatever, whatever lies the enemy has told, <clears throat> whatever excuses have been erected, I pray that you will break through all of that and help each person in this room recognize the giftedness that is in their life that will help them to rise up and bring that absolutely unique anointed contribution to your cause on planet earth just while your heads bowed your eyes are closed just a minute longer maybe you've never actually just surrendered to jesus or maybe there's a time where you could look back in your life and real and think gosh i used to be so much closer to god than i am right now this would be a great day for you to come home or maybe you feel unsure about where you stand. And I, I'm not want to take long, but this is nothing more important for somebody than this moment right now to give your life to Jesus, to come back to your relationship with God, to be sure you're right with him. If that is you and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand real high all across this room. God bless you. Come on. God bless you, sir. Come on. Anybody else? You just in this moment of honesty before God. Just say, God, I want my life in your hands. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, this really is not a call to say, get your act together. This is a call to surrender to a God who loves you so much. Is there anybody else that wants to be included? Thank you. Come on, let's pray this together. This is for everybody who lifted their hand, but I would love for us all to pray it together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, <laughs> I've messed up, but I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, it's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus as my Lord. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.